This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. CES wrapped up 10 days ago, and people are still buzzing about keyboards, specifically the Clicks physical keyboard for the iPhone, basically an extension that you attach to the bottom of your phone that offers you physical keys instead of using a touchscreen to type. And that device is on Sean Priest's mind, along with some Braille displays. So Sean wants to do a little bit of keyboard chat this morning, and I'm all the way on board with that. I'm on board with keyboards. Sean is one of the hosts of Double Tap, which you can find daily at noon Eastern on AMI-audio. Hey, Sean, welcome back to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. See, that's why you're such a professional there. On board with you. Oh, that's genius, sir. Well done. I don't know. I don't know if I, it's, it's quite genius, but you know, I've always got my fingers on the pulse over here. My fingers, my fingers on the buttons, uh, Sean. Hey, Sean, let, let's start with the clicks, the, the clicks keyboard, because this one I think has garnered a lot of buzz in both people who just loved their BlackBerry and missed physical keyboards, but it's also gotten some buzz inside the blindness and low vision community. Why do you think it's making such a reverberation even two weeks after it was shown off at CES? Exactly. Why is it? I, I Honestly, I don't know. This is why I, I picked these two products to talk about today, because it seems to me that the love affair, the honeymoon, if you will, is over for the touchscreen. Everyone seems to want to go back to physical buttons. And I, I, I've been in trouble in the past on Double Tap on the show <laughs> for saying that I, I see, I don't understand why people, I don't see blindness as an obstacle to using a touchscreen. Mm, and some mm -hmm. people did get in touch with me and say, actually, I find it really difficult. And I, I, I get that. You know, I, I, I accept that absolutely. And it does seem that some people really want to go back to physical buttons. And I'm wondering, you know, because we've seen the Hable one we've talked about a lot, which is a, a Braille keyboard input, the Revo one, the, the Orbit uh, writer. There's so many. Yeah. Of course, you yeah. got a, blue, a Bluetooth keyboard as well, which is the preferred way of inputting into a smartphone or a touchscreen device. The on-screen keyboard, we sort of got blown away with, wow, this is just a flat surface, yet I can use it. The accessibility sort of blew us away. But when it comes to practical terms, who wants to type away on an on-screen keyboard for anything more than a you know a quick text message? Nobody. So the Clicks keyboard, I think, is sort of trying to fill that void. It's maybe it's nostalgia. I mean, I know you're a young man, David. Obviously, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're youth on the streets. Oh my but gosh! Before, before there was uh, before the touch screens really took over. You know, you had. Uh, the T, what was it called? The T9 keyboard, where yep, you know, one yep. was ABC. And even I remember having some Nokia phones, which crammed a full QWERTY keyboard into the same sort of space as a dial pad. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't find them that easy to type on over an on-screen keyboard anyway. Yeah. But it does seem like clicks, and people do have fond memories of the BlackBerry, as you pointed out, keyboard. I never used it. I never had a BlackBerry. But... um. 
the clicks keyboard does seem to be aiming for that market and it does seem to be picking up a lot of traction as you said as well in the blind community there's a couple of things for, for me with this it adds a good few inches onto the size of your phone yeah it does. it does iphone 15 pro max which is massive anyway adding a keyboard to the bottom of that uh, that's not going to fit i'm going to have to carry a suitcase around with me <laughs> um, plus, plus as well it, it, there's some concerns about how waterproof it is using it out in the rain and, right and right. also it's not magsafe compatible so all those magsafe chargers that you may have where you it holds the phone up um aren't going to work with this it does support wireless charging so you can still charge your phone while it's in this keyboard case so mm, but there are a few concerns and of yeah. course you have the the price point yeah as what well. what's yeah the price point matters here sean what, what what's what's some of the chatter around the price uh the the uh, price starting price i've only got the us dollars at the that's minute. fine 100 Starting at 139 for the iPhone 14 Pro models. Yeah. The iPhone 15 Pro Max, which is a bigger, uh, a bigger phone, obviously, is more expensive. I actually don't have the price on that, but it's that, a that, that's a that's expensive. a pretty that's a pretty expensive accessory. But but again, Sean, I, I think when I when I do consider the positives here, there are people who just like tactile buttons. And even though it makes your phone bigger, a couple of inches bigger in terms of its length and a little bit wider because of the way that it wraps around. At the very least, there's a portability component here, right? I know you've talked about the, the beauty of the Bluetooth keyboard before, mm, and I'm there, yeah. and, I, and I agree with you about the beauty of the portable Bluetooth keyboard, but even the most portable Bluetooth keyboard requires a little bit of schlepping. You gotta fold it up and you gotta have a bag. In this case, <laughs> yes, this phone might be too big for your standard jeans pocket, but it offers just a little bit more of that portability side. And I think that matters on the pro side of this. I absolutely agree. Look, I haven't tried this yet, and I am intrigued like everyone else to see how well it performs. Will it really be as good as a full-size Bluetooth keyboard. I hope so because I think there is a need for this. Uh, you know, I, I, sometimes I don't want to go and find a Bluetooth keyboard to type a long email. It's yeah. so much easier. Yeah. Dictation isn't great, so there is definitely a niche in the market, and hopefully this can fill it. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, but when you have big fat hands like mine, though, big fat mitts like me, I, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, Sean. Like I've held blackberries in my life, and the, the it was just always too small. Like this is maybe where like the legally blind perspective and the totally blind perspective are going to be split on this because as yes. someone with partial sight i do not like small buttons and a small keyboard i'd rather just try to manage with my touch screen but if somebody is dealing with total blindness they may be way more compelled to use something physical yeah absolutely of course it depends if you uh, i mean using your thumbs on this you're not going to be able to touch type so you're using your thumbs to type is there going to be some anchor points some landmarks some braille dots on the home keys uh, you know, how tactile is it? Hopefully yeah. they've thought of all this already. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. Say. But Sean, you also mentioned you've got this Braille display on your brain. It's basically, it's basically a tactile Braille tablet called the Inside One. So why did you want to insert that into this broader conversation about keyboards? Because again, um, the way this works, and now as soon as I hear tactile Braille tablet, I think of these new breed of tablets, which are multi-line Braille displays. This isn't that. When they say tactile, what they mean is that instead of having Braille keys on it, your usual Perkins-style six keys, it has instead on the glass of the tablet 
it has um, indentations for your fingers. So there's no physical buttons, but it is little little slots to put your fingers in that represent where the Braille keys would be. Oh, wow. And it's using the touchscreen matrix, if you like, to sort of take the actual input. But all it is basically is showing you a tactile representation of where your fingers should be. So it's a sort of mix between the two. It's still not the physical buttons, but it is a physical space where you can uh, landmark and anchor your fingers. And that seems to be the problem with touchscreens. It's that spatial awareness which seems to give people a few problems because obviously if you if you, it is sometimes it's difficult to know how far to move how it's just tricky i i was just looking away from the camera i have no idea where the camera is if I, <laughs> I can, it's so easy to just drift away yeah and it's the same on a touchscreen so i find this concept really interesting aside from the other this inside one tablet it's called it's running windows so that's nice for a start it's running the latest windows it's running really up to date hardware inside which is unusual for assistive tech. It's usually years behind. And, and plus, it's using this new method of input. So you still have Braille displays on it. You have a Braille cell at the top, 40, I believe, 20 or 40. But instead of the Braille keys, it's using the touchscreen and software in there, but just giving you a place to rest your fingers so you always know exactly where to go. Now, I haven't tried this, and I'm really interested to see how you know, people who live and breathe Braille and use it every day, if they feel like it's uh, an alternative to physical buttons or, you know, it just doesn't work, you might yeah. as well just leave it as the normal touchscreen Braille screen input. It, it, it's it, a could, very it, interesting it, concept. It could run the risk of being a little bit gimmicky if it's inefficient in the way it relays the information that you want. Because what you're describing is a lot of orientation, right? It's getting lost on the touchscreen. Where is the thing that I'm looking for? And if the yes. orientation is no, like if the orientation is inaccurate or unreliable, then you are looking at something that looks really cool because we showed it up on screen. You look at the little tactile markers at the bottom of the screen. It's super, super cool, but it is something that if it doesn't actually deliver its use case, then why on earth would you buy this thing? Oh, you are just so correct. That's exactly the point. It all depends on how this is implemented. The software that's working underneath these little indents to take the input uh, from your taps, you know, how fluid does that feel how responsive does it feel or you know as soon as you do more than three fingers or something does it suddenly you know go all jerky and yeah, doesn't register yeah. so it's it, that is key the software behind it and how it feels that's what all this comes down to how it feels and how actually productive we can be on it but it's just a, a new a, a new direction for these sort of things and i'm, I'm quite interested in it Sean, it's a brand new week. It's Monday morning. Well, Monday afternoon for you out there in the UK. What's coming up on uh, Double Tap this afternoon at noon Eastern on AMI-TV? Uh, AMI-audio. Uh, today on AMI-audio, we're going to talk about the um, Game uh, Accessibility Conference, which is coming up this week with Steve Saylor, who's hosting that. So if you're into your video oh, right games, on. definitely want to check out. And also, I want to go on holiday. But I'm going to use one of these holiday companies that caters for blind and visually impaired people. I want to know how people have got on with these and oh. how uh, if the extra money that we need to pay to use these services 
is actually worth it. I need some sun, Dave. Sean, I want to hear all about that experience too. That came up a few months ago in a segment with the new Paula, the founder of a new vision, talking about some of those services. And if yes. you end up getting some of this real world experience, brother, I want to hear all about it. But for now, I just wish you a wonderful day and a wonderful show. Thank you so much. See you soon. That's Sean Priest. He's one of the hosts of Double Tap. You can find that show daily, noon Eastern time on AMI-audio. You can follow the Double Tap team on X at Double Tap on air. Coming up after the break, the technology conversation continues all about updating and upgrading your hardware. This is in the context of a class action lawsuit against Apple. Elizabeth Moeller will lay it out and then the table will discuss. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.